We've all heard the saying, learn to love the process. But why learn to love something? Why not create a process that is easy to love? Welcome to Peace with the Process, where I bring you professionals who specialize in the processes we incorporate to sustain consistent, healthy growth. I believe in learning from others' mistakes and successes. So I also bring on entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and tell us how they got there and how they got out. I hope you find something in today's episode that you can apply to your own life and that you find your peace with the process along the way. Let's get started. Hello, 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 and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Peace with the Process. So today, our episode is the Process Perspective. If this is your first time listening to a Process Perspective episode, I want to apologize for my voice, for starters. uh, I've been kicked with allergies, uh, and I went out for a run for the first time in three weeks yesterday and uh, pushed myself pretty hard. I don't think that made it any better. And I'll get into that here in a minute. But our our process perspective episodes, what these are is typically it's going to be me going over some of the insights that we've gotten from our guests over this past month. Uh, sometimes I'll be diving into a little bit of what's gone on in my life over the past month, some insights, just some insider stuff. For being honest, it's really just me sitting here rambling and you listening painstakingly. I'm joking. So today, I'm going to go a little bit off script because I believe I've got something uh, to share with you guys that's going to be of some real, really good value and something that's off topic of what we've discussed already that me and my guests have already discussed on the show because if I go through and I just go back over what me and my guests have talked about, you know, you guys have already had a good dose of those conversations. You've already developed your own insights and your ideas. And while it's sometimes useful to hear somebody else's insights and ideas from a conversation that was had, I want to go off script. That's just what I want to do. It's my show. I'll do what I want. So (laughs) uh, back to my running And that journey that I started, if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time now, or you've been following me on Facebook or Instagram, you've seen that I started running several months ago, whereas before that time, I was never a runner, hated the idea of running, said, you know, the classic line, I'm not a runner. So I decided to make a change. My wife and I are expecting our first son. Lincoln Wayne Gann. If I haven't told you guys his name already, I don't know if I've if I've said his name on the show yet or not. But it will be Lincoln Wayne Gann, our first child, our uh, little baby boy. I'm very excited about that, and he is due in June, June 1st of 2021. And getting that realization of becoming a father, you start to measure yourself of the type of man that you are. Now that you're about to be a father, you look back at everything you've achieved and this all happens all at once. At least it did for me. You know, it all sucks in and all of a sudden you've looked, you're looking at your life over the past several years and you're looking at the changes that you've made and you have this vision of the type of father you're going to be if you've 
spend any amount of time thinking about the type of father you want to be. Or if you're interested in having kids, you've had this thought about the type of father you want to be. You have this mental image of the type of father you want to be. Well, my mental image is, I'm not going to go into the entire image in total. <laughs> I might take up the whole episode. But one of the images that I have is a father who is physically capable of having a good time with his children, of running around and playing with his kids. Because there's too many times that I see people's dads, they're fat and they're lazy, they sit on the couch, and when their kids ask them to get up and go play with them, they say, ah, I'm not in the mood right now. Or you go play with your sister, go play with your brother, or you know, call up so-and-so, or let's get so-and-so over here. They use every excuse that they can find to not get up and be physically active with their kids. And I think that's just BS. You're depriving your children of an amazing opportunity to connect with their father, to get up and run around and be active, to challenge themselves, to challenge yourself. And whatever it is that you guys are interacting in, it, it could be a whole list of activities. You know, there's one thing that comes to mind uh, because I listened to the Order of Man podcast and uh, Ryan Mickler, who hosts that show. It's a great show. If you guys haven't checked it out, check it out. And he talks about an experience he had where he was uh, jumping on the trampoline with his son and his son out jumped him. Basically, you know, Brian got super tired. He got exhausted and he had to, he had to get down off the trampoline and, and go, go sit down. But his son was still wanting to play, still wanting to jump up and down. And this was something that helped in my view of the type of father that I wanted to be, because I agreed with Ryan whenever he says that that's a point where it just changed for him. He had this realization that he better get his act together or he's going to miss out on these amazing opportunities to spend time and have fun with his son and have those types of activities that they can do together. So that's where I basically decided I'm going to be a runner. So I got out. I started running. Started off with one mile. I was going to do one mile without stopping. And gave myself a goal to have that done in like three months. I think I ended up getting it done in about three weeks you know, adjusted my pace, adjusted my uh, concept of, you know, how much I could actually push myself, got it taken care of. And then I said, okay, well, you know, December 31st, I think is what it was. That was my original goal to hit one mile. Now let's change that to two miles. I ended up hitting that in two weeks. Okay, let's change it to three miles, you know, get a 5k under my belt. I ended up hitting that, I think, two weeks later maybe three weeks later. So all before December 31st went from having a goal of hitting one mile to hitting three miles and hit it all before my original due date. So I had been basically underselling myself. You guys have heard this before if you've been listening to the podcast. So I'm just giving you some backstory or anybody who hasn't listened to that episode yet. Go back in the archives. It's one of the process perspectives if you want to hear a little bit more about that or whatever I talked about on that one. But what I am doing now, or what I did after going, after hitting three miles is I was like, okay, I'm going to go and change it up. Instead of distance, I'm going to go to time. You know, everybody wants to get a, a sub 10 minute mile, at least on average. So then I tried to make sure that I would get one mile in 10 minutes. So I hit that. And then I said, okay, I want a sub 10 minute 5k. I ended up hitting that in January. So I ended up 
getting it a little bit after December 31st, but I hit it in January and I got a sub 10 minute 5k. I came in at 29 minutes and 30 seconds. And that was pretty amazing. So a little bit of time went by. I still did my, actually, that was the last run that I did. I take that back. Once I hit that, I had a few things go on. And for three weeks, as I mentioned earlier, I was off my feet. I didn't run for three weeks. Now, mind you, I was running two times a week, every week since I believe October. Yeah. October, November, December was my original three months to hit the goal. And then hit my goal or hit a bigger goal in January. And then I was off my feet for three weeks. Basically, I'm not going to sit here and give you all the, you know, we had a death in the family. We had all this snow vid snow. If you're here in Texas, you know about it. It snowed and everything froze up and trying to convince a Texan to get outside in six degree weather with 10 inches of snow is, uh, (laughs) well it's let alone go outside and run in it i'm just gonna say i was being a wuss when it comes down to it there were other things that i could have done to get my running in i made excuses and at the end of the day the realization that i came to was that i didn't hold my running my exercise as important as i had when i had gotten started i started losing the importance of it because let's face it if you if somebody came up to you and told you I'm going to give you a million dollars if you wake up at 4 a.m. every single day for the next three weeks. Now, for some of you guys listening, that's no hard feat at all. So let's, let's crank it up a little bit harder. You have to stay awake until midnight and then wake up at 4. Some of you still say that's not that big a deal. But I'm talking to the people who, you know, whatever it is, input some extreme challenge here. You know, you have to run uh, a marathon once a week, every week, but I will give you a million dollars to do it. You're going to do it because that is extremely important to you, or you're going to figure out what you have to do to do it. A million dollars is probably extremely important to you. I may be talking to a pretty vast crowd of people, so what's important to you may be a little different, but the concept is, is that if it's important, you will do it. If someone told me tomorrow morning, if you get up at 4 a.m., I'll give you a million dollars. I'm going to do it. There's no doubt in my mind. I might not even go to bed because that would be amazing to have a million dollars. All the people we could bless and how blessed we would be. Isn't that amazing? I mean, listen to me sound, trying to sound humble. <laughs> um, so it's all about how important it is to you, whether or not you do it. That's what it comes down to. If you have something that you're struggling with that you're just not doing, It's not important enough to you. You've probably heard this before. It's just not important enough to you. It's hard to hear, isn't it? Because you think that your personal health is important to you. You know that it is. You know that it should be. But at the end of the day, if you're not doing it, if you're not putting in the work, then it's not important enough to you. So let's get around to my experience. What do you do when you realize that you've been slacking off on something that you know is important, but it's obviously not important enough for you to not make excuses about not getting it done, right? Because that's what happens. We start giving excuses. We start accepting less than what we were before because we get complacent. 
you know, we get complacent because we're starting to slowly but surely lose that level of importance. So what, ha- what was happening for me is, well, my son hasn't been born yet. And I came up with this idea that I'm going to be a physically fit father back in October. So that's several months before he's even due. That's right around the time that I found out I was going to be a father. So you're talking about nine months before, just about, and we, he was conceived in September. So we found out around the end of September, coming into October. So, you know, that's a long time to try to stay consistent with something when you're keeping in mind your overall goal, well, let me just keep talking in reference of me. My overall goal was that I want to be able to run around and play with my son. Well, he is not going to be running around and playing and at least out, out running me and, you know, tiring me out. You know, I know what you guys are going to say. Well, he's going to be keeping you awake, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but I'm talking about like endurance wise, like being out running around and playing with him. He's not going to be doing that for at least, I don't know. I mean, he'll be walking around one year old and we'll be doing a little bit, but I'm talking about outrunning me, like really having more energy than me. Realistically, we're talking about five, six years old, maybe four. I don't know. This is my first kid, but I'm thinking it's going to be a few years at the least. You know what I mean? And that is a pretty far out goal. So it's easy for me to say, subconsciously obviously i still believe that it's extremely important for me to be physically active in order to to be able to hang out with them and do these things whenever we get to that age but it's easy for me to subconsciously say okay well i have plenty of time to get to where i want to be by the time i actually need to be there so what do you do what do you do when you realize you've been slacking off because you've justified slacking off or you've become complacent and you've justified your complacency you up the level of importance. So I just want to share this with you guys. Not only is this going to give you an idea for what you could do maybe in your own health goals, health journey, but to also give myself another level of accountability. Because if I'm telling you, then I want you guys to call me out on my BS if I don't measure up to it, okay? I don't don't let the people that you listen to and that you uh you know, potentially look to for any type of uh, advice or, or, or I might be putting myself on a pedestal here, <laughs> but you, you get what I mean. If you're going to listen to somebody and they're going to, you're going to allow them to, to, to speak into your life and you're going to receive that and get your own insights out of it, yada, yada, we'll hold those people accountable. So, you know, hold me accountable. I'm not going to rely on you guys to hold me accountable, but here's the deal. I have a goal. I've already paid for it, got my ticket. I'm doing a Spartan race this June. 5K Stadion Spartan race at AT&T Stadium. So many of you have probably heard of these Spartan races. They're pretty awesome. So it's a 5K, 20 obstacles, and it's going to be at the AT&T Stadium. It's a Stadion, and what this will do is off a lot of bleachers, of course, mixed in with the... Uh, the, the different obstacles that they have. Okay. Several people of you, several of you have heard about this. There's people out there who have over 100 medals for all the different races that these guys have done. So I'm not bragging about doing a race, but I'm saying that that is something that I used to decide I need to make my health more important. I need to make my fitness level more important, more relevant today. That way, my goal isn't four years down the road when my son becomes four years old and now he's able to outrun me. 
Well, I've got plenty of time to get to where I need to get to in four years. So how about let's make sure that I can run a 5K, hit 20 obstacles, and do it in a good time by this June. There, boom. Level of importance is up. I've already paid for it, which means I better do it or I just wasted almost $200. And I'm telling all of you guys about it. So I better do it or else you're going to think I'm just a, a, a phony and a wuss. So make your goals. Make what you deem important in this world, make it more important if you've been slacking off. Okay. That, that, that's what I didn't even mean to go this long on it, <laughs> but I'm passionate about it because it's, because it's what's going on in my life right now. So if, if you're slacking off, if you're having a hard time with that, make it more important to you. Okay. That is my bit of insight for what's going on in my life today. So what happened is, is I got back out yesterday, all of that leading up to, to me being friggin' worn out today. So I've been hitting, I hit a three mile, uh, 5k, 29 and a half minutes. So then three weeks later, yesterday, I'm recording this podcast on Thursday. I ran on Wednesday. It'll release the following Tuesday. So you're listening to it today. It's Tuesday. And I went out and I decided, okay. If I'm going to do a 5K, I'm going to do it in good time. I've already got a 5K under my belt at 29 and a half minutes, sub 10 minute 5K. That's a good time. That's what I would like to run this Spartan race at is a sub 10 minute 5K. So sub, you know, less than 30 minutes. So what's going to happen is I need to start working on my distance. So I decided, okay, let's make sure that I can run four miles without stopping. Never done that before. And then we'll just crank it up over this course of this next month. The month after that, we'll incorporate some bleachers. That way we can just start training. That's my training process. By the way, if you want to follow the training process that I'm going through on this, go to my Snapchat. I believe it's Belake, B-E-L-O-C-K-A-Y, Wayne, W-A-Y-N-E. If you need help with that, I put a link on my Facebook. You can go and check that out and you can follow my training journey. Uh, give me some of your ideas, what you did to train for your first Spartan race or what you do to continue to train for your Spartan race. But if you just want to check that out and see how, and you just want to sit there and watch me suffer, that's where you can watch me suffer. I've got other things that I'm putting up on my social media platform. So I'm going to use spot, uh, not spot. <laughs> I'm going to use Snapchat to document the training that I'm going to go for as well as race day. So I will put a little bit, I probably won't have it on me. No, I know I won't have it on me during the race. I've seen some of those races and what those obstacles have. I'm not going to ruin my phone. So I won't have it on me during the race, but I'll have somebody that can uh, put some put some videos and stuff up on, on that while, while I'm doing it on race day. So you can follow me. Yesterday was my first day to really start training for this event with it in mind. And I decided I was going to go for four miles. Again, mind you, I've been off my feet for three weeks. The last time I did run, I did a 5K in 29 and a half minutes. So I got out there and I'm running. That first mile, I have to tell you, sucked. I didn't realize that taking three weeks off was going to suck so bad. And it did. It sucked. I was getting into the third mile and I was only running at like a 33. I think I hit my 5K at 33 minutes. So I was going slow. Just taking three weeks off had set me back by three and a half minutes. That's pretty bad. So I ended up running four miles. And when I say running, I'm saying that that last, that fourth mile, I was practically dragging myself. I had to pee. I was considering just peeing my pants. 
fortunately, I guess the pain in my legs or the pain in my lungs was so much that I ended up doing just fine. I made it back to the house. Don't worry, I didn't pee on myself. But it's um, it was horrible. That was hands down the worst running experience that I've ever had. Some of you are probably listening to this saying, you know, Blake, toughen up, quit being such a sissy. Well, you were there at one point too, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and uh, if you're not there, then you have no room to talk. Go ahead and catch up, and then you can talk. Do a little better than me, and then you can talk. I would love to hear your trash talk if, uh, if you are doing better than me. By all means, give me give me a reason to push and out and outdo somebody. I'd, I'd love it. But did that horrible, but I felt amazing for having accomplished it. I came home. I took an ice cold shower. I have been taking ice cold showers now after our uh, conversation with Joe Rinaldi about the concept of doing something that sucks when you don't have to and the mental endurance that that builds for you the mental strength that it does and it builds for you so getting out there doing that four mile run and as bad as it sucked and as bad as the number of times that i wanted to slow down getting it done and having that taken care of so that that's the start of my journey that's some of the lessons that i learned in the middle of it some of what i've got going on i just want to give you that insight into what's going on in my life and what i want to do today and this, I'm not going to have enough time to go into everything that I wanted to go into just because I kind of got onto that, that little stint, but uh, that's all right. That's what some of these are for. I don't want, to, don't want to script the whole thing out. But I want to talk to you guys about two different types of people. Now, there's two different types. I take that back. There's not two. There's, there's three different types of people. There's people like you and me, which are those who are seeking after peace with the process, right? That's, why the, that's what the title is all about. You're seeking after peace with the process. For starters, that means, one, you have submitted to the process, the process of getting better every single day. You've decided that you are going to be a part of the process. You're not going to fight the process anymore, but you are now going to start working toward finding your peace with this process. Maybe it's a mindset change. Maybe it's some physical adjustments you need to make in each of your days, in each day, to attain this better outlook this this better progress that gives you this this endorphin feeling that gives you this encouragement that you're becoming a better person every single day i say if you are one percent better today than you were yesterday and you do that consistently for a year you'll be 365 percent better at the end of 2021 so coming into 2022 you'll be 365 percent better if you grew by 1% every day at the beginning of this year, 2021. And I think that is the least we can do. So that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the, the third third type of person. But I'm going to talk to you about the other two type of people because maybe you fall into one of these categories. I sincerely hope you don't. The fact that you're listening to this podcast probably means you don't. So I might not even, I might be preaching to the crowd here. But maybe you need to send this episode to somebody that you know who is one of these two people. And you need to give them this reality check of you need to start finding your peace with this process. You need to quit fighting the process. These two people here, either one, don't know about the process or two, the process that they jumped on, they're doing it wrong at the end of the day. Okay? So what I'm going to talk to you about today, two individuals, and I'm giving them a random name. You know, 
these these are these are theoreticals, but there are people that fall into one of these categories to one extreme or another. And this person here, we've got Joe, the average Joe, and then you've got I'm just going to call him. I didn't have a name for him before I came up with this, but uh, I'm going to call him Brad. Call him Busy Brad. So you got. Average Joe and Busy Brad. So the first one I want to talk to you about is Average Joe because this is the majority of people that are out there. Okay, Now Joe, he's 25 years old. He went to college. He received his bachelor's degree. Now his degree has nothing to do with the job that he works today, but he's paying his student loans anyway. Okay, We all know somebody like this already. Now Joe lives in a one-bedroom apartment. He owns a brand-new car. And guess what? He'll probably trade in that car in the next couple of years for the newest model. He works a 9 to 5 at It Doesn't Matter Incorporated. On Mondays, he says things like, I'm ready for the weekend already. And another day, another dollar. And payday comes. Joe gets the guys ready for a night out at the bar. Maybe he's going to a barbecue with some cold ones. Or maybe he's taking a trip to the nearest casino again. So Joe hopes that one day his student loans will be paid off and he'll have some extra money set back for a nice house. Again, quote-unquote, one day. Or maybe he'll hit it big at the casino when he goes out there and he'll never have to work another day in his life. Because the money he's making at It Doesn't Matter Incorporated, it's just enough to pay his bills and have a little bit left over. Now Joe doesn't want to let his life pass him by. So what does he do? He spends money, spends the money that he has left on having a good time quote-unquote, having a good time. I'm just having a good time. You know, I'm just enjoying my time while I'm here. Oh, you know, just living for the weekend. We all know people who say these things. So Joe eventually gets married, has a couple kids. Now there's a little more money left over on each paycheck with the dual income, but maybe also a little less because of the kids. But then, oh, well, you get to claim those kids, so you get a nice uh, tax so maybe he's using that income tax that he's getting from the two kids to go on one big vacation. But still, he wants his kids to have the things he never had growing up. And he wants to be sure that they get to, quote unquote, live life while they're young. So where does all this money goes to? It goes to spending money on his kids to have experiences. So, you know, not much changes, except now instead of going out with the guys on the weekend after payday, he spends it with his family at Dave and Buster's and Six Flags. And eventually Joe's first kid, we'll call him Joe Jr., graduates high school. And Joe explains to him the importance of an education, strongly emphasizing the time that he spent at the fraternity parties. You know, that's an experience that you don't want to give up and encouraging him to take uh, to chase his dreams. So now, would any of you guys be surprised to hear that Joe Jr. grew up, got his bachelor's degree that he doesn't use, he makes just enough money to pay for his bills working a 9-to-5 at Who Cares International, he has a new car and his first one-bedroom apartment, he goes to his dad's weekend cookout where his dad tells him he's proud of him. Then comes along Joe the third, Joe the fourth after him, Joe the fifth, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you get where I'm going with this, and you'll probably never name your kid Joe after listening to this. And I'm sorry uh, if your name is Joe, but I'm even more sorry if your name's Joe Jr. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I don't hate Joe, but you're not going to catch me regularly attending one of Joe's weekend barbecues. 
you know, there's plenty of Joes and Janes around that they're not going to be without company at their weekend uh, or monthly Bolorama tournament. So part of what we didn't mention in Joe's story is where his dreams and aspirations come in. And we didn't mention them not because he didn't have any, but Joe didn't plan for any of his dreams and aspirations. So we didn't see any of that. Of course he had dreams and aspirations. Now Joe wanted to travel the world. He wanted to train staff at five-star hotels. Using his hospitality degree that he spent six years working on because he changed majors after his second year. He wanted to be in board meetings with top developers about how to improve the customer experience because this is what he was actually passionate about. He became passionate about it after having a rough stay at the Chanthia Inn in Cambodia with his college buddies one spring break. And he wanted to spend his spare time walking the beaches of Brazil, clinking glasses of champagne on a rooftop in Dubai. He wanted to use those free passes to the hotel gyms and get his six-pack abs back from high school. And he dreamed of throwing $100 bills into the crowd at his 10-year reunion. Boy, did Joe have some dreams. Those are pretty lofty dreams, right? But he never wrote a single one of those dreams down. I don't care how lofty it is. You got to write them down. Joe tried to talk to his friends about it, but they laughed him down so many times that he stopped trying. After all, you know, Joe had never actually met anyone who turned their dreams into reality. Except that one guy that he was roommates with his first year in college, but all of his friends talked trash about that guy. So Joe gives up, right? He never even achieved half of what he dreamed. He got complacent in his average life with average rewards. That's Joe. That's average, average Joe. So, who you know that's an average Joe? I guarantee you know somebody that's an average Joe. And how different, how different would their lives be if they just, they just decided to get on the process? They decided to learn about the process because that may have been part of Joe's issue here. You know, I'm I'm speculating. All of this is just it's just a it's just a speculation of things that I've seen in people, and I'm I've I've clustered it together into what I call an average Joe. And we don't know what the reasons are behind every person who ends up like this, and and is perfectly fine with walking through life being complacent uh, and and spending every moment Monday through Friday living for the weekend, right? Because one day they're going to die, yada, yada. We don't know why they've submitted themselves to that. But if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you don't quite understand it either. You wish that people thought the way that you and I do. The only way that that happens is by being an example. So if you're not living up to your own expectations How can you expect to inspire people like the average Joes? It's happening out there. An average Joe every minute is becoming somebody who is seeking out peace with their own process. I'm going to do a shameless plug right here. You can help out and turn that into two average Joes becoming more process-oriented, seeking their peace with the process by sharing today's episode. Do you like that? Do you like how I plugged that in right there? (laughs) 
So let's go ahead and go to our next individual. Our next individual is Busy Brad, right? So this individual, Brad is somebody who he knows about the process. He's putting in some of the some of the work into it. You know, he's developed a routine, he's he's got goals in life and he's going after them. But Brad's biggest issue you know what? I'm not even going to say it yet. I'm going to go ahead and, and kind of read through this this idea, this this made up persona of Brad. Chances are you know someone like Brad, or at least you've heard of someone like Brad. This guy's a little bit. He's not as common as your average Joe, obviously, but they are out there. I have been victim of being a busy Brad for a season of my life. So. Chances are you may have even been a busy Brad at some point. So let's get into what what's going on in his life, okay? So he's grinding it out all day long. He's committed to this process of growing and of going after his dreams, right? He goes into work an hour early. He has just enough time to get his coffee and plan out his day. And the coffee starts to wear off by lunch, so he needs another cup to hold him over. Uh, his lunch is a short one, and he's back to work again after waking up. And almost immediately starting to work, combined with a short lunch where he isn't really able to recharge from the hustle and bustle of the morning, the coffee wearing off again, so he's still, you know, just kind of pushing and pushing all through work. And then he gets home. It's a rushed dinner when he gets home. And he still has some unfinished work from the office to take care of. So he's going to... He's going he's gonna to go in there and sit down on his laptop. He spends more time rushing to get dinner cooked and choking down his meal rather than talking with his family about the day. He's back to work after dinner, answering emails late into the night. His eyes are starting to close on their own, and a few emails will have to wait until morning because he's exhausted. At this point, he is ready to just crash. And instead of exchanging some goodnight words with his spouse, he gives a few grunts of acknowledgement before passing out. Okay, there's one day down, and then life of, of busy Brad. He wakes up the following morning to do it all over again. He's rushing through the day. He is pushing himself to perform. Now, you could probably tell right off the bat, his goals are most likely work-related now, I want to be clear. There may be a season of your life where this type of grind is necessary. You may need to pull an extra hour in the morning, an extra hour in the evening at work, at the office, in your at-home office, whatever it is you're doing. You may need to pull some extra hours. You, know, you may need to work while you're, while, you're, while you're having dinner with your family, but that should only last for a very short season. I'm talking no longer than three months before you start looking to restore balance once again. But many times, we get stuck in the cycle. And why is that a bad thing? So let's, let's speculate how Brad's performance is affected by pushing himself so much throughout the day. Okay? All right. So, He's in the morning. He wakes up in the morning. He's still groggy because he's going through the motions and he's getting dressed. He's heading out the door. He's just waiting for that cup of coffee or a can of Red Bull because 
of this, he walks right past the overflowing trash bag that he's intended to take out on his way to the car. He just forgot, you know, but he'll probably hear about it later when his wife points it out or have to clean it up or have to clean up the paper towel mache and garbage that the dog got into from the top not being on all the way. <laughs> Again, I told you, I've been guilty of being a busy brat. And he gets his spike of caffeine. He hurries off to work to get there early so that he can knock out a few tasks before things really start piling up. Chances are he's doing a decent job at getting things done, but how do you think the quality of his work is? I'm sure it's acceptable, but that's all it will ever be if he doesn't make a change. It won't be top-notch work that his boss or his customers are going to single him out for. You know, people are going to think, well, he does good work. You know, Check him out. He does good work. If he has a boss, maybe he's, eh, he does good work. Not the kind of guy I'd promote. So he likely doesn't have the greatest attitude ever, right? There's no time for water cooler talk and any attempt a coworker might make to have a nice chat. It falls on deaf ears because he won't peel himself away from the job for two minutes to show that he's actually listening. So over time, people will get the message. They'll stop coming by. They'll stop reaching out to him. And he's probably happy about that because I can finally get some work done. <laughs> but when the annual company awards come out or, or he's checking off the, the numbers at the end of the year to see how his own business is doing and somebody else gets employee of the year or somebody else gets the recognition for, for podcast of the year or somebody else gets the recognition for next up-and-coming entrepreneur. And you know what? He's going to be surprised and he's going to be upset that he didn't get it again. So he's going to pack up his things, he's going to head home, or he's going to tidy up his little office, and he's going to you know, call it a day. And he's still thinking about work. He just doesn't have the energy to deal with the kids shouting as soon as he walks out of his office or walks into the door from work. Happy to see him. Now I could go on and on about how this affects his children as they get older, and they see this being modeled. You know, from a father's perspective, his daughter might grow up with daddy issues because he never had time to talk to her about you know, to talk to her about how her day was or, or show her what kind of man she should be looking for when she gets older. His son will likely rebel because he's too tired to discipline him and he, he got out of line or show him what it means to take responsibility for his actions and duties. Now we can flip this perspective and, and put a woman in this position. Now this is just a perspective. I'm not a woman and I don't know. But the perspective might be that his wife's daughter depends too heavily on receiving attention and emotional support from men. So when I say we're flipping the perspective, let's say let's say that the, the wife is out working her tail off and has no time for family and has no time for friends or anything else, and she's just going, 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 pushing, pushing, pushing. Her daughter might depend too heavily on the father and ends up growing up depending too much on men to show her support instead of other strong women showing her what a, what it means to be a strong woman. And the son, he may grow up cold-hearted because he's only learned the empathy that his father was capable of teaching him. And this may be an example of a man, but the fact is, is that it, it, it goes both ways. I may be talking about busy Brad, but this could easily be busy Becky <laughs> or whatever, you know? So if we... F if we if we flip the perspective, it's going to look the same way, right? 
So instead of winding down with some intentional time with his wife, he focuses on the emails that he didn't get to earlier. He's too tired to talk with her about her day, and any attempt she makes to ask him for help with the kids or the house, he tells her how hard he's working to put food on the table and keep the roof over their heads, and the marriage slowly starts to dwindle, and her shoulders get heavy from the burden of everything else. He doesn't have the time or the energy to work on himself either. His education and his career field stays the same because he's not willing to skip planning his day out in the morning to take some online classes. Maybe he is taking classes in the afternoon instead of continuing to work, but based on everything else that's being neglected and the stress he's accumulated, he can't retain any of his lessons. He has one good friend who is in the exact same cycle that he's in, They work their tails off. They're pushing. They're pushing. They're trying to reach their quota. They're trying to get their sales. They're trying to get to the next level in their business. And they just feed off of each other's fire of bad mentalities. Yeah, man, I'm working. I'm working my tail away. And, and, you know, busy Becky just keeps, not busy Becky, but my wife Becky just keeps nagging on me about how I'm never at the house, but she doesn't understand how much work I'm putting into this. So when he does get a chance to relax, he doesn't want to be bothered. Maybe he goes golfing with a friend and stays away from his family for hours. Maybe he's hiding from his other responsibilities because his responsibility at work has burned up all of his energy. Do you see the trend here? He's too tired. All of this. He's put in so much energy, getting very little return from that one area of life. Because he's too focused on one singular thing and neglecting a whole world around him. And the only way out is to get intentional about how he spends his time. How each activity affects his energy for the next activity of the day. Maybe it's not work that has you absorbed. Maybe you've completely neglected work because you'd much rather relax as often as possible. Or perhaps you're so driven to stay in top shape that you miss opportunities with your family. Or maybe you spend so much time with your family that you never have any time for yourself. We can spin it several ways. But the fact that you're listening to this podcast, it says that you're ready to take control. And understanding that you're a machine, a very unique and smart machine, unlike anything that's ever been created in this world. And you need to do habitual and proper maintenance and evaluations to keep yourself operating to the best of your ability. So, which one are you? Are you an average Joe? Are you a busy Brad? (laughs) I know these are kind of cheesy guys, but I just want to give some illustrations for the type of people that are out there. And one of these you may fall into. You may be an average Joe or you may be a busy Brad. And... One of the things that I want to do is to challenge you to become a person who starts seeking your peace with the process. Don't fight the process and don't be, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't be ignorant to the process. Understand that there is one going on in front of you. This this whole world that we're living in, this life from point A of birth to point B of death is an opportunity to get better over time, not just for earthly reasons, not just so that you can impact people's lives and that you can you can create something that's going to help humanity for generations and generations to come, but there's spiritual reasons behind this as well. 
if you're not becoming better, if you're not identifying areas in your life that you're not doing well in and seeking out some practical ways and some spiritual ways for you to fix that and to get better and to become a better person for the world that you live in and inhabit and consume in and for the kingdom of God, for what our Lord wants to see happen here on earth. If you're not participating toward making this world a better place and bringing the kingdom of God to earth as it is in heaven, then chances are you're an average Joe because you haven't acknowledged that there's a process or you're a busy Brad who is ignorant to the process that you acknowledge, but you haven't been making the correct adjustments to make sure that you're doing it effectively. And what I mean by effectively is you're acknowledging that there's areas of your life that have to have a sense of balance. I mentioned earlier there are seasons in our lives where the scales of balance are going to be tilted because that's just how things have to go. You, you may have to put in work harder into one of, these, one of these areas of your life. So what are those areas? If you've been following me on social media over the past few days, you've probably seen my stories that I've been talking about, and I intended to talk about them on today's episode, but I didn't get a chance. So maybe we'll bring that up in our next episode, or you can go to my social media profiles, Facebook, uh, Instagram, watch the stories, and I talk about the four value areas. Now, the four value areas are relationships, self, health, and wealth. And they're in that order for a reason. Now, these four areas are areas that we all have values in. Your relationships are going to come first. Because if there was no one around to experience what you've created in this world, and if there was no one around to appreciate you for what you've created then you wouldn't do anything. There'd be no point in doing anything. Second, self, because, well, you have to make sure that you're growing. You have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're relaxing, that you're resting when you need to rest, that you're growing when you need to grow, and that you're reviewing yourself along the way. And then third, your health, obviously, because if you are not physically capable of getting up to do everything that's required of you to do to become a better person, you wouldn't be able to do it. And then fourth is your wealth. And it's fourth because in today's world, that value is very often put above everything else. That's your, that's your busy Brad scenario. He's put wealth values above his family, above God, more likely, and above his own personal health because he's tired He's put his wealth values above his own, uh, his own self, his own personal growth. That's what imbalance looks like. But we can attain balance in those four areas. One, the first thing you have to do is get clear on what you value about those four areas of your life. Sometimes that looks like a pledge or a promise that you're making to yourself about something you, maybe you're not doing so good at. And that's where you start. 
Now, each of those has a subcategory. We don't have time to get into that today. Like I said, head over to my Facebook, my Instagram, watch the stories. If you're around the time that this podcast actually released, if you're not, then just head over there. I'm sure I've got something up and available for you to look into. I know I have an article on this called Do You Know What You Value that you can find on peacewiththeprocess.com and just go through the articles, look up that article, and you can find some detailed information about the value areas. Why, you know, a little bit more about each of those four, and then I also give an example of my values in each of those areas. Since that article was released, I believe I've actually changed very, very, very uh, little what my values are. And they should change over time. Because if it's a pledge or a promise that you're making to yourself about your relationship values, what you value in your relationships. So for instance, you could take something like, let's take a look here, my relationship with God. So he is my reason for everything. Growing in my relationship with God is a top priority. Everything I do must filter through his will and glory. That one's never going to change. <laughs> you know, there, there might be an addition to that later on down the road, or there might be something that I do that changes just a little bit about that sentence, but that one's really never going to change. So let's take a look here at family, my value for family. This is under the relationships deal. I'm just giving you a peek into what this looks like so that you have an idea. So my relation, my value of my family relationships is that these should be my strongest source of support as well as my strongest focus on giving support, protection, and being an example too. My family should seek to understand me and I should seek to understand my family. So there's kind of a emphasis on one, giving support and also receiving support from my family. There may come a day where I feel very supported by my family, where I feel I'm doing a very good job at supporting my family. So I may substitute that value with something else because I've actually achieved that particular value in my life. It is now a habit. It's second nature for something that I understand to be doing. That's why I say to make it a pledge or a promise because this is something that's going to guide you along your life to make sure that you're making decisions based on what you value in life, based on what you value in each of these areas, your relationships, yourself, your health, and your wealth. And I want you guys to educate yourselves. I don't want you to be ignorant to the process like Busy Brad is. And I also don't want anyone to not understand that there is a process going on in this life. So if you have the opportunity to share this message with somebody, if, this, if you think that someone would be inspired by today's message, by today's episode, share it, please. That is what I want to do with Peace With The Process. I want to educate those who are in the process. You guys are in the trenches. You're working to create a better you. You're growing every single day. I want to help you as much as I can by bringing guests and people that we can listen to their insights and their information from. That's the whole concept of the podcast itself. Outside of the podcast and on some of these process perspective episodes, I want to just start start giving you guys the knowledge that I've accrued over the years of my self-growth journey. That's what this is all about, helping people. So I just ask you guys, do your part. 
share this episode and get this out to somebody. If it's not this episode, then share some tool, some resource that you have that you think would inspire an average Joe or a busy Brad to either A, get on the process and start finding their peace with it, or B, give themselves some some knowledge about the process, some knowledge about the balance that they can actually obtain. Okay? And I just want to say, I sincerely appreciate you guys. I really do. I know you guys are really putting in the effort and the focus that you need to continue your growth. And I know you're passionate about it. Please feel free. Tag me on anything that you have going on. If you're interested in sharing your growth journey with other like-minded individuals, there's two levels of involvement that you can be involved in. You can head over to the Peace with the Process Facebook page and just simply like the page and keep up with the podcast episodes and things like that. Uh, Get involved in some conversations about the podcast episode or you can head over to the Peace with the Process Facebook group and get involved with a community of like-minded individuals, people who are growing. Now, these are people who are seeking their peace with the process. They're not average Joes, And some of them may be victims of being busy brads, but they're working to find that peace with the process. They're working to find their balance and what that looks like for them. So you can bounce ideas off of everybody within that community. I ask that you just stay involved, that you stay um, uh, interactive. You know, put your information out there. Start putting some posts up. Start making comments about things that other people are doing and asking questions and get involved. That's how we learn. That's how we get better. If we don't ask questions, if we don't share our story and share our road, one, we can't really help other people if we're not sharing what we're doing in our world, if we're not sharing our resources and our knowledge with other people. And we can't really help ourselves if we're not asking questions, if we're not seeking the knowledge and information from other people. That's what this podcast is all about. That's what Peace with the Process is all about. We believe that you should have all the tools necessary for consistent daily growth without sacrificing your relationships, yourself, or your health in the process. You may have to sacrifice a little bit of wealth. So that's why I never really include that on there. You may have to spend some money, all right? And uh, I'm not a financial guru, but we'll have some people on who can talk about that. And then we can change that to, we don't want you to sacrifice your your wealth either. Well, I can't say that. You're going to sacrifice your wealth. I'll keep it the way it is. I don't want you to sacrifice your relationships, yourself, or your health in the process to continue your growth, right? Oh, man, what a good episode today. <laughs> At least I think so. If you think so too, head over to Peace With The Process facebook page go to the teaser that i uploaded for today's episode and tell me what you thought about today's episode in the comments if i struck a nerve with you i want to hear about it i know i've been a little aggressive on today's episode assertive but i'm feeling the passion i'm feeling the passion i don't know if it was the run that i went on yesterday or if it's something in the air whatever's causing these allergies whatever it is i'm feeling driven about it today and i hope you do too. I hope you feel passionate about this journey. I hope you're not just feeling melancholy about the whole thing. So get out there and push. I love you guys. And I cannot wait to hear from you on the next episode of Peace with the Process. Take care, guys.